What's happening, everyone? This is Sam Mann, back with you to host the second ever episode of the 12-2 Podcast, previously known as the Unshakable Podcast. Hey, guys, thank you so much for jumping in to hear what I've got to say this morning. I just want to share, you know, I've been asked, Sam, why the change? Why moving from Unshakable, the Unshakable Podcast, over to 12 Two podcast. Well, ultimately, I want to be able to share with you this morning exactly why the 12-2 podcast, what the 12-2 stands for, if you have not already figured it out. It comes from Romans chapter 12, verse 2. And the reason I chose this and wanted to go with this is because it is becoming increasingly popular, especially in the church to sort of mold and shape one's self after the world. And so I thought, you know, what a better way to be able to get the message across that Scripture tries to teach us that we are to abstain from that. You know, Jesus tells us that we are in this world, but we are not to be of this world. We are not to participate in the things of this world. I could go on and on and on about how the Apostle Paul presents this. It says that we are citizens of heaven, that we are to set our minds on the things above. But Romans 12, 2, this is what it says. It says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. See, we have a duty, an obligation, a responsibility to the Lord when we come under His Lordship to be transformed by renewing our minds. You know, what does Romans chapter 10 verse 17 says? It says, faith comes by hearing and hearing by the words of Christ. You know, so we are unable to hear, right, what the Lord, what the Holy Spirit is saying to us if, in fact, we are not studying the words of Christ. If we can't comprehend what the words of Christ are saying, then it's going to be impossible for our faith to grow and to to be able to prevent ourselves from being conformed into the image of this world. And that's becoming increasingly popular uh, uh, in the church. You know, something that I've been talking about for a while now is the fact that the church, if you're paying attention right before our eyes, is being conformed to this world. We, you know, one of the things that I've also discussed is in, in the end time prophecy, and this has been a couple of years ago. Uh, what it specifically says about the church, and it says that the church will rebel actually against the faith. It's the great. It's called the Great Rebellion, and so I I wanted to find something, just a verse that was just simple, and yet very clear and direct in its message. And I feel like Romans twelve two, hence the twelve two podcast, was perfect to get that message across clearly and directly that we are not to be conformed to this world but we're to be transformed by renewing our minds and as Romans 10:17 says we renew our minds and grow our faith by understanding the words of Christ by studying the words of Christ so that's what this is about so i wanted to sort of revamp the podcast to do something a little differently whereas in the past you know there was a, a, a real major focus on 
current events and what was going on. And I'm not saying that we will set those aside completely. What I'm saying is, is I want to see the people of God, the, the, the disciples of Christ to be transformed in the way that they think, to step outside the worldly way of thinking and the way the world thinks things should go and the way things are to be fixed and repaired. You know, I see Christians day in and day out. This is this is not going to be a political podcast. This is not going to be a bash on anyone who chooses the route of politics. What I want to do is I want to make a point here before we dig into the text from uh, uh, for today's study. But the point here is I see so many Christians today that are so wrapped up in politics that they honestly believe that they can change the outcome of the end time prophecies. Now listen to me. Nothing about the end time prophecies is going to change. It is going to unfold just as scripture says it's going to unfold. There's nothing we can do to change that. Now, my personal conviction, and I, I say personal conviction because I want to be clear about this. My personal conviction is to stay out, out of politics and to focus heavily on to me what matters most, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ and making disciples. But I'm seeing Christians that are getting so wrapped up in the divisive things of this world, and it, it really sort of goes to show the spiritual uh, maturity of the church these days. And why the church is less impactful is because we are not truly impacting people's lives with the gospel, because the gospel is the only thing that changes people's hearts. So as you know, on the previous episode, we specifically started talking about uh, facing adversity, redeeming the time, facing adversity. And I, th I thought I was going to be able to get through uh, part one in the last episode, but I was not. So that's okay. We went through the time and trials and understanding what this looks like, that when we go into adversity and start facing trials in our lives, instead of questioning God, instead of trying to get through it as quickly as possible, it's learning how to pause to say, okay, God, what do you want me to learn? The question's not if you're going to face adversity, it's when. And if we're not fully prepared for this adversity, it, it can tend to really do some damage to us. You know, uh, one of the things that, that I mentioned is that God doesn't cause our adversity, but God allows it in order to put our faith to test, to the test, to prove our faith. We claim to have faith in God. Uh, we claim that we, we are unwavering, and we will never know unless God allows certain tests to come upon us in order to discipline us in our faith walk with Him. So a, a couple of the things that we looked at, the word uh, trials, it means, to, it means discipline by way of adversity. Um, when, it, when he says various trials, it, it means diverse trials, diverse in uh, the circumstances, diverse in the severity, uh, many different trials that we fall into. Uh, we talked about, uh, what are some other words we talked about? Uh, we talked about looking at the word joy, uh, and, and that word means to be calm or grounded. So we're to find joy in these various trials, these diverse 
circumstances, we're to find joy to be calmer grounded when we fall into these things. And that's where we need to get our focus. And so as we dig in today, I really want us to talk about, uh, you know, we went from the time of trials or the time in trials. Now we're looking at the tutelage of the trials. And the word tutelage means the teaching or instruction. You know, that's where we, again, we pause and we we're asking God to show us, reveal to us what the teaching or instruction of this adversity is. I mean, we know adversity is not something we would ever choose for ourselves. So, so this is the teacher God uses in the classroom of life. This is the, the, the teacher that God uses to help us become more rooted in our faith so that the next time we face maybe even something that's very similar to what we uh, are going through now or have gone through in the past, we can look on that and, and we can say, oh, absolutely, I trust God 100%. And at that point, your faith graduates on that particular circumstance. And God says, okay, you're good here. Now what's next? So we, we're all, we've always got to be open to the fact that God is going to allow adversity consistently in the life of a true follower of Christ because it's the testing of our faith. And that's what the tutelage is. So it's, it's the constant and consistent teaching and correction. It's the refining process that will not be completed until the day of the Lord. Until God calls us home, this refining process will not end. And we've got to accept that as followers, right? The process is something we have to embrace and not reject. So let's look at what the lesson plan is under the tutelage of the trials. First of all, it's, it's testing your faith. Ultimately, when you become a follower of Christ, it is more than just mere words. You can't just say, I'm a Christian or I'm a believer or I'm a disciple of Christ it's more than coming to church. It's more than a bumper sticker. It's more than a t-shirt. The testing of your faith is the process God uses to see if you can actually live out what you profess to believe. And believe it or not, we all fail in this area. That, that doesn't mean that you're not a believer. It just means in this area, you need specific spiritual growth. So don't, don't get discouraged in thinking, well, I mean, I failed that test, so I guess I'm not a believer. No, that's not the case. It just means that we need to go back and say, okay, God, I did not learn what I needed to learn there. I actually failed. I did not stand the test. And it, it's asking God to continue to teach you through that process. And the testing of your faith is about preparing you to live this out, right? So the next time you come across this, hey, you've gone through it once, you failed the test. The next time you face this adversity, will you fail the test or will you recognize it for what it is and say, no, no not today, Satan, not today. So, you know, we see what, what James tells us here. He says the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. Now, remember, we're coming out of James chapter 1, right? It's producing steadfastness. And this is why it is critical to embrace the process. Because producing, you know, what is producing steadfastness? It's the ability to practice spiritual fortitude and remaining faithful to God's purpose for your life. And steadfastness leads to perfection. So, so it's making you perfect. That doesn't mean that 
you know, that you are perfect. It is making you perfect. Remember, it's the refining process. Imperfect means to be brought to full maturity. It's not referring to sinlessness. And I think a lot of times that we think that, you know, we have to reach the unobtainable, which is, you know, sinless. We were not going to be sinless in this world. We will not be free from the sin of this world and the sin that is innate in us until God calls us home, right? That's not what this, this means to be perfect. It means to be brought to full maturity. It literally means to have a to have a, a a fully mature faith that is active. So it's not just active in in living out the calling on our lives. It is living out the principles that are laid out in Scripture. It's it's uh, you know the fruit of the spirit is a great place to go, right? Uh, in, in Galatians chapter five, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self control. These are the principles of a fully mature faith in action and faith that lacks action is actually a dead faith as it's also pointed out by james in in chapter 2 verse 17 you know it talks about that is if someone comes to you and is in is in need and you send them they say they're hungry or they lack clothing and you say hey go and be well and be fed i will be praying for you this is a dead faith this is a faith without action because a true faith, when someone comes and says, hey, I'm hungry and I don't have any clothes, a true faith steps up and says, hey, here, take my jacket or take my shirt. Here, take my meal, what I was going to eat for dinner. That's a true faith in action. So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, it is dead. James chapter 2, verse 17. Now, this do, does this mean our salvation hinges on works? Absolutely not. Rather, our works hinge on our salvation. What does that mean? It means a true faith that has experienced salvation through Christ is active and works itself out, offering physical evidence of a changed life. We just talked about this, 12.2, right? Romans 12.2. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. There has to be physical evidence of a changed life. Philippians chapter 2, verses 12 and 13 say this, Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Right? Work out your salvation. But what does it say? Not only as you did in my presence, but more so now that I'm absent, more so that I'm not there. What is Christ? You know, what does he expect of us? Right? When we look at what Christ is is calling us to, Christ is saying, hey, as you were obedient in my presence, how much more should you be obedient in my absence? Right? And that's what we see, the life of a professing believer, if not evidenced through their actions, is a false hope. It's It kind of comes from one of the most convicting verses that, that you can read coming from Christ in Matthew chapter 7, verses 21 through 23. And he says, On that day many will come and say to me, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and do all these many great works in your name? And he will say, Depart from me, you workers of lawlessness, for I never knew you. 
Now, listen to me. All that should tell us is that there's a lot of people that profess Jesus. There's a lot of people that go to church. There's a lot of people that are actually um, serving in the church who are going to end up being told by Jesus, depart from me for I never knew you. Now, listen to me. Here's what we have to understand. If the Bible says it, then the way we have to look at that when we open our Bible and we begin to study is it should start off with this. Thus says the Lord. In that day, many will come to me and say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and do all those, all those many works in your name? And thus says the Lord, I will tell them, depart from me, you workers of lawlessness. I never knew you. That's the way Scripture should be read. Thus says the Lord. This is not Sam's opinion. It's not Sam's interpretation. It's what the Bible says. And if we truly profess to be disciples of Christ, that means we must also confess to believe that the Scripture is true in its entirety from cover to cover, and therefore, thus says the Lord, and we have an obligation to obedience in that. So adversity is about bringing you to the point of understanding this. It's understanding the principles that we must apply because thus says the Lord, right? So adversity is also about making you complete. It, it, the, the word complete in this verse means free from defect, Again, that doesn't mean sinless. It, it means free from defect. This is the ability to withstand the test and to be fully prepared for every good work he has purposed you for. It is compared to a sacrifice that is perfectly ready to be laid down at the altar of the Lord. Right? That's who we are. We are to be complete. So, you know, as we look at this, we've looked at the, uh, the, the time in trials and the tutelage of trials. So what, what are the, what's the application in these two? Well, one, in the time and trials, we should guard against rushing the process and embrace the tutelage of these trials. Don't rush it. Learn from it. God doesn't cause it. He allows it. Number two, joy does not mean happy. It means that we can be calm and confident in God as we face the trials. And number three, we welcome trials knowing that God is disciplining our faith to be even stronger. So what is the tutelage of trials? You know, what is the application there? One, we must consistently practice spiritual fortitude in the midst of adversity. Number two, we must become a student in the midst of adversity and be teachable. We have to be moldable like clay in the potter's hand. When we're going through this adversity, we're allowing God to shape, mold, and teach us in the midst of, a, of that adversity. But we have to be humble and willing to become a student of what God is trying to teach us. Now listen, I don't know if you're going through trials right now, but I can guarantee you will at some point. I don't know where you are in your walk with Christ, but I do know where God is trying to get you to. And each of these principles can help us learn to embrace the trials as they come 
with an attitude of joy and redeem the time we have for the call and purpose of God. So recognize when you go into the trials to pause, spend some time there, understanding, discerning. What does Romans 12 to say? So that you can discern what the perfect will of God is. Spend some time there discerning and learning under the tutelage of the trial because God will teach you something. You know, it, it took a long time for me reading the book of Job to understand, right? The, the common theme that comes out of the book of Job is that Job never wavered, right? At the end, it's, you know, God gives and God takes away. That's usually the, the theme that comes out of it. But what many people miss, and I missed for so many years that I studied that book, is that God was actually teaching Job something in the midst of his adversity. And, and what you find by the end of Job is that Job was actually a prideful person. You know, God... You know, when he was talking to Satan and, 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 the, and he called Job's name and he says, Have you considered my servant Job? God called him an upright man. But do you know what Job called himself? An upright man. Now, is it our place, as Paul says, to think more highly of ourselves than we ought to? Or should we allow God to do that? You see, what happens is we tend to get big heads we tend to get prideful and arrogant in things. And sometimes God just needs to use adversity to bring us down a notch to remind us that we're human. Now, the adversity may be for something much bigger than that. It may be for bringing you through something to fully recognize and stand firm in your faith, knowing that God has your back no matter what. I don't know what you're going through. I don't know... I, you know, like I said, I do know that at some point you will go through adversity. And we're going to continue this series in adversity on, on the next ones, the next two T's of trials. But as we go through this, I want you to consider the application here. And what this could mean to bringing you to full maturity in your faith in Christ to make you complete, lacking nothing, to teach you perseverance, to teach you steadfastness, which, which means to remain firm. It, it's teaching you to look the, the devil's schemes in the eye and say, no, I will not buckle under pressure. I will not retreat. I will not surrender because I know God is with me. Look at David and the example he gave us going up against Goliath. He didn't care how big Goliath was. He didn't care how strong Goliath was because he already knew how big his God was and how mighty his God was. That's the kind of faith that we are being called to have when it comes to adversity. It's knowing that God is bigger than your problems. Now, as we close out today, I just want to pray for you. Father God, I love you. God, I am so thankful for each and every ear that hears this message. God, I pray that you would be glorified and that through this message, you would draw people closer to you. God, I would, I, I would pray right now that you would just work in their lives as, as people are facing adversity. 
right now in their lives, God. And if they're not facing it now, God, they will be. And I pray that this would be a reminder for them to be encouraged, to know that they do not have to back down, to God, to know that no matter how bad the pressures of this world get, you are always there, God, to bring us through. And I am so thankful for the story that you're writing in my life. And God, I pray that if someone hears this message, God, they would would take that away from what I am sharing, God, is that you are to be glorified because, God, you are there. I have no strength apart from you. God, I have no courage apart from you. But I know this, God, I do not have to buckle to the pressures of this world because I serve a God who is standing outside this world. And God, I pray that those who are hearing this message today, if they did not listen to the previous message on facing adversity, I pray that they would go back and listen to that just to hear a short tidbit of my testimony in this story. It's not done yet. But God, I trust and I have faith that it will be just like I trust and have faith that the ones hearing this are going to come through their adversity if they will plant their faith in you, knowing that you are there for them. May they be uh, uh, encouraged God may you give them boldness to stand in the face of adversity that they may be calm and confident God that they may apply the uh, principles the, the apply the principles that are uh, through the fruit of the spirit God to their lives that we can all be calm and confident in who you are and that God you would get the glory in all of this and God I pray that if someone is hearing this today And God, they've strayed from Christ or they just don't know Christ. God, I pray, God, right now for their salvation. I pray that right now they would pause and they would cry out to you, that they would turn their life over to you. And God, they would come under your lordship and allow you to change the way that they live their life. God, we love you and we thank you in Christ's name. Hey guys, listen up. I love you. I hope that you will tune in for the next episode as we continue to go through adversity. If you have questions or comments or just want to talk, feel free to reach out to me at unshakable.ministries at gmail.com. I love you guys, and until next time, remain unshakable.